Well, hello and welcome to the HGA Book Club. I'm Summer O'Toole. I'm an indie romance author. With me, my co-host of the day is Val from Val Reads. Hello. And our guest coming back for a second time is Marie Maravilla. And we're going to be talking about Syndicate of Sins, writing a sequel, why choose, probably a bunch of other random stuff. (laughs) Whatever comes up. And to kick it off, what would your favorite character get someone for Valentine's Day? I am going to pick one of my own characters just because I feel like I have an extra insight into how they think. And then because I'm writing Dex's book, that's who I'm going to go with because Dex is that like psychotic golden retriever type of character that we all love. And 100%, he would, you know how like those book bouquets are in right now? Okay, he would do a version of that, but it would be with like vibrators. And that's what he would present. (laughs) He would give that to Nikki and he would probably do it in like a public setting, like where it's completely inappropriate to just have like dildos and he wouldn't care. It would not matter to him what whatsoever. Thankfully, she's like the perfect woman to just take it in stride kind of deal. But it would literally be like, oh my gosh, like why did you think just walking up in the middle of the day with a bouquet of dildos would be appropriate. And he wouldn't see anything wrong with it. But that 100% would be what his Valentine's Day gift would be. All the way. And he might get the day wrong too, though. Like, that also feels very on (laughs) on character. Like, a day late or a day early or something like that. It would be, like, the wrong time. A different 100%. Like, in January, he's, hey, isn't Valentine's Day right now? Yeah. So, that's... 100% that's what that would be. Why does that make me love him so much? (laughs) It's endearing, honestly. Yeah, there's something endearing about his particular type of crazy. Since Marie is here, let's go with one of her characters. Kenji. Kenji. I didn't know I was going to pick him because he's been like my favorite. Okay, so what I would say is that it would be Kenji and he would probably make a photo album of a bunch of dick pics and maybe wrap it in like a velvet bow and just give it to Scarlett and be like, here you go. I love you. And I know you love me. And so there we go. It would, yeah, he would make, and it would be like a very, like a calendar shoot. Like he would have stylized like (laughs) outfits picked out. The whole thing. Yeah. Yes. And he'd probably give one to everyone though. He would just, not all just of you can have this. Nico would probably appreciate that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he might get Take- a new tattoo, like, on his dick just for the photo yes. shoot. Oh, my gosh, yeah. yes. 100%. And he would give it to everyone. Nico would appreciate it. And Caleb would be, like, as a mom, we get these random, like, colorings from our kids that they're so proud of and you have to pretend like you like them and you're like wow this is great thank you that would be what Caleb would do like he's so supportive he would take the dick collage and he'd be like thanks it's just what I wanted and then wait till his back is turned and you put it in the trash like we do with our kids but, exactly 100% <laughs> oh, I love that so the first person that came to mind was Cash because I feel like he would give a funny gift which would be like those paddles that have like hearts in them and stuff so it leaves 
like Mark's, I yes. feel like his would be like his name or like property of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. And I feel like Finn isn't, he's very unhinged, but he isn't unhinged necessarily in like gifts. So I think he would set up like an outdoor, outdoor like movie screening and maybe have something that's like a permanent or build it in. It's romantic. I love when a character who's batshit crazy is also has these moments where you're just like, this is so sweet. You, like, forget about all of, oh, he kidnapped her or he whatever, but he cut her heart out and brought it to me as a present. Like, how sweet is that? <laughs> There's nothing But he also got me chocolate, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it evens it all out, honestly. It's, yeah, it's so funny how, like, those two just work in books. In real life, please exit that relationship. <laughs> but in books, it's my favorite when they're just, like, this puddle of goo for like romantic stuff and then they're gonna go like beat somebody's head in with a bat or something it's adorable it's just show up like kind of sprinkled in some blood carrying a box of chocolates there's nothing better (laughs) sorry for the pause i think somebody's at my door talking about (gasps) things oh those flowers yes so every every birthday, Valentine's Day slash because my birthday's the day, every anniversary slash Valentine's Day and birthday because my birthday is the day after Valentine's Day. Mark gets yeah. me flowers, <gasps> and is there a severed hand in there? There's not, unfortunately. Oh, okay. No, just, <laughs> just I don't understand. Like, what's the problem with it? But he always has them done, and he has them made to replicate my wedding bouquet. Is that not? Stop. That is I know. so thoughtful. I know. You know what I got him for Valentine's Day? I took his children to daycare. That's what I did for Valentine's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll be like, I'll shower tonight <laughs> and Bravo. look Bravo. presentable. No, he, <laughs> he really is so sweet and it always cracks me up because when I'm like writing and when I think about book boyfriends and stuff, Mark really is a book boyfriend and I am absolutely not like all of the sweet things that like the FMCs will do actually no my my FMCs are exactly they depict me they're also not very nice to the guys they're I was just gonna like, say you were like they're so sweet and I'm like I'm trying to think I'm all right I'm like, like what um, <laughs> listen take me or leave me and that's up to you that's who I am in real life too and somehow he still is with me and sends me flowers it's very sweet okay we're good to go Gabby she brought me in because I was reading in bed and she brought me in a tray that had a little bowl of white cheddar popcorn which is my favorite and she I usually don't buy it because she hates the way it smells which is fair if you're not eating it it doesn't smell like feet and then fair fair and and with a coke because i'm obsessed with coke but we never buy it for the house we should preface that's that's a drink right yes that 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 is a drink and then a card that said (laughs) happy valentine's baby boy and it was like these like hands holding like baby feet like how they like (laughs) yeah that's perfect 
and said something about she wrote something really cute inside of it that made me cry but it was also really funny and she was like yeah i they were also all the cards were so ugly when i was looking at them and then i saw this and i just thought perfect i love that to just grab like an unhinged valentine's i'm totally gonna go to the store now and get one that says happy v-day grandma and i'm gonna give it to dennis now (laughs) i love that why why choose and how was that writing process different than writing mf and the blah 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 (laughs) that is i asked myself that question many times while writing the why choose okay truthfully so on the reader standpoint, I don't tend to like why chooses when they are like a standalone. I think it's really hard to fully develop everybody and have it feel cohesive and not rushed and anything like that. So I, I didn't go into it thinking I was going to write a why choose, honestly, but as the story and everything developed, it just seemed to feel right for the character of Scar. There was something about her that just felt like she would be better suited for a more unconventional relationship dynamic. And so try as I might to make it just like an MF, it just didn't flow that way. So then I was thrown like headfirst into this, hey, the thing that you as a reader don't particularly like, now you get to try to figure out how to do that as an author. And I did not think, I didn't go into it thinking, I bet I could do that. That wasn't the case. It was more just, I could not make it work as just like a regular MF. It just didn't, it didn't flow. I tried making Nico and Kenji just side characters, but it always just felt weird. Like it just didn't flow. So that was the reason for the why choose. It got chosen for me. And it was a lot of, it was very eye-opening to write that dynamic in the sense, I think it pushed me in a lot of good things, like as a writer. It also has given me the confidence. I've had really good feedback so far, including, I've had good feedback from those who also tend to not like a standalone why choose, that they felt it was like it felt really well done so that made me really happy because I was really nervous about that well that was one of the things I commented when I read it is I love why chooses and typically the why chooses I read are series for that very reason with so many characters and so many dynamics it's it's really hard to not make it feel rushed but I was so impressed at not only how you did that and how it didn't feel rushed. But like sometimes the way that the characters are described, they all like blur together. And it's just like a sea of men or women, depending on who it is. But each character, like you delineated so well that like when he goes, like I could, I could visualize what he was saying when it was, it was Kenji, like it, I, they each had a very distinct profile, which I was very impressed Thank at you. with just like one book. We, you know, you were, you were, I, I tried really hard for that specifically. So I, it's why they have as many mm-hmm. POVs as they do each character. Cause I figured if I'm going to make this work in a single book, I probably have to have everybody have quite a few chapters where we see how they're like thinking and their like inner monologues and all of that. 
because the same thing I don't like when everybody tends to blend together. That was the main goal. The other thing that was really great after writing it is it did give me a lot of confidence to in the future, I'd like to write a more kind like an actual duology or trilogy series type of thing with a white shoes because I had held off on doing that was already like one of my goals as an author when I started to write skeletons I was only going to write one book it was just to see if I could do it and then it <laughs> now here we are so at that point spoiler alert you could <laughs> <laughs> At that point, it was too difficult to try to make skeletons. Um, like I couldn't expand from where it was. It was a standalone, again, because I thought I was only going to write one book. I didn't know it would do as well as it did or people would actually like my writing. So at that point, just for the sake of making sense, everything became an interconnected standalone. And so that's how that all played out. But I had already thought that the next kind of thing I'll do after this is a longer series where I can build out the whole story because that's probably one of the most common good critiques that I get is like that they love the book and that they felt it definitely could have been like multiple books, which is a good compliment to have because I agree with them and for it just didn't work out that way because it was, like I said, I didn't plan from the beginning for this. So the standalones worked. So hearing that I could write a light shoes and that they like it gave me confidence to, okay, I think I can do this in like a multiple book thing. So that's the next goal because this one, like I said, I don't know, but I tried. Even in the first book, when you first get to see Scar, it's only Scar's name and Caleb's name that are mentioned. And you just hear that there's two other guys there because I was like, okay, I don't want to write myself into a corner where I have to have a wide shoes. So it wasn't going to be a wide shoes. And then it just kept being like, yeah. Hey, no, homegirl over here is not happy with just a single dick. So let's... <laughs> That fits her personality so well. Seriously. She's such a badass. I love, I just love how you write badass FMCs. There aren't too many out there that are just like unapologetically themselves. And the vibe with Ryan and, and Scarlett is such that, like, I just, I fell in love with them. They could just step on my face any day. Thank you. <laughs> I That will, that was one thing from the start that I knew I wanted to write is I really wanted to write like bloodthirsty FMCs who are just very unapologetically, here's where I am, I have attitude back, like all of those things because you don't see it too often. And I really enjoyed reading about them. So I was like, okay, I'll write them. And now it's become my brand and, I, and I'm very happy, but that's it's definitely like my brand. And so I'm excited to move forward. Oh, and yeah. You write something else. You write something else and people, they're going to riot. They're going to be flipping tables. Like, <laughs> she said, sorry, what? I know. <laughs> the, yeah, that, the, can you imagine? It would not go over well. There would be, it would, yeah. I can just see the angry comments and emails I would receive. <laughs> I also, I feel like the only way for the why choose relationship to develop so quickly in an enemies to lover situation like they were in 
is to have just all the characters just so unhinged because like when I was reading it I was like why is he already about to like he's like stabbing her and then he's about to lick her pussy and (laughs) I like but because all of them were like at that same crazy level it was like yes okay this makes sense like every it's not like there's one person who is like a normal person and then you're like why are they going along with this no it's true (laughs) Well, and I think part of it too is the, they were all established as well, right? Like they all knew each other previously before she, does Mary call that when they're not and they all meet each other? Collector white shoes. A collector one is when they're all strangers, but no. And I love that. And I love how even she was saying with like, they were unhinged, like some guys even, you know, spoiler alert, some of the the guys are even together. And I was like, oh, I I like that they have a history too. (laughs) I really wanted it when you were reading the story I wanted them to feel like they were supposed to be like a family kind of unit like you couldn't really separate the four of them that they always felt like they were supposed to be together and exactly what you said Summer I really tried to write them broken's not the right word but that they're just they don't function like a normal person in society and so it just then made sense like somebody's over like they're over here on a pier about to throw somebody off into the ocean that type of person is not going to bat an eye at sharing a woman it's like probably and the same thought with scar is if you have her going off and she's like very comfortable just taking people out whenever she's also not I literally had at one point a line it didn't make it into the book but it I'm sure at some point I will use it but it was basically my whole thought process was if you have somebody just often people multiple dicks is like very low on their like moral compass or like normal like that they don't even bat an eye at that they're like yeah whatever this is nothing which to I didn't want to ignore it completely, but I didn't want to make it a thing either, which is why the, like, them kind of sharing her or however, like, it's mentioned super briefly, and then we just move on. Because I wanted the reader to also just, like, very quickly realize, hey, this is the ride. Just hop in and don't ask questions, because they're not asking any either. And I think that helped, Mm -hmm. too. Because then I just skipped over sometimes Scar from the beginning you could tell like she's not very she's definitely not innocent or virginal or stable exactly so it just exactly like you were saying summer it just already forced you as the reader to just put yourself into hey you're jumping into part of their crazy chain train and this is normal for them so we i passed over like the whole going back and forth about do i want to be with more no everybody was like this is fine let's just move on from here and it was it was so organically well done i was just looking on my kindle and i found the quote that i loved and it was like she wouldn't be the first woman we shared but i knew she'd be the last and i was like don't you love it that's (laughs) val's what what a sweet quote (laughs) It's so sweet. My husband would be like, <laughs> I cracked up because in this book, some of the sweet quotes are like not that sweet anywhere else. You took them outside of this book and those characters. It's like, what? He said what to her? He's like, 
I know. There was some isolated moments. You back and you made a face. Can we can we talk about chapter? Two? I I think my Instagram stories were just completely unhinged. I like like it was it was just a whole nother level. Val's face was my favorite. Watching her read it and like the just the like eye blinking and like covering of her mouth was one of my favorite parts ever. <laughs> it was like, do I like this? Do, whoa, no. No, I like, I like it. I love when a book can do that to me. It's fantastic. Makes you feel all the things. Is 23 a- the shower? Yes. 23 is yes. the shower and 32 is the first like group activity scene, which was not planned. Yes. Like I didn't plan them to like the numbers to flip like that. And so when somebody pointed out, I was like, look at that. Look how I'm good and I don't even know it type of deal. It was... Mm-hmm. The 23, that was the scene that I don't remember if I talked about that this last time I was on the podcast, but that was the scene that I woke up in like out of a dead sleep and wrote in my Apple note. I don't know why I just (laughs) said Apple notes, but wrote in my notes app, friend licks come off of leg. That was, that's what I woke up to just that line. And I was like, what? Excuse me? (laughs) That has been there this whole time has been that scene, which cracks me up because I'm glad that it lived up to the obvious like hype it had been in my head because it had been stuck with me this whole freaking time. So everyone, when they were like in love with that scene, I was like, thank goodness that came out good because that would be disappointing (laughs) if it didn't. I think I literally DM'd you and I was like, ma'am, this is your Mona Lisa. Enjoy. <laughs> well done. I want to frame it. I am getting artwork done of that specific scene and another one, but I'm getting it of that scene. Bless you. Because Bless how you. could I not? When I knew I was going to be getting art yeah. done for this book, which, listen, these artists are amazing, but I'm going to need people to stop commissioning art because I am on a backlist here for everyone. Blame Summer. Summer, I'm looking at you. All of Summer's royalties are going to her art. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Ask her, Marie. Ask her how many she's commissioned for Hate Me. Go ahead. How many? Who is, are you the reason I'm on everyone's back? I went to go look. Okay. Honest moment here I went to go look at who did Summer's art because I love your art and then I saw like commissions closed my first thought was like how much you want to bet that Summer that's Summer who's wrapped up for who knows how many days or weeks or months or whatever listen when these when you put these either up for sale or you're giving it whatever it may be I want on the list okay you already have me on one wait list better be at the top of this list so i have a few i know so i have five for hate me for listeners we're all shaking our heads my trick is to cry just send videos tears please help me i found like a few artists that i really like that are still kind of small so they don't have huge backlists or wait lists like if you find like an artist you a lot of times they'll be reposting other artists on twitter and i don't really know how twitter works either but that's how i found different people it's crazy or i've actually found two of them i've actually found two of them from 
Tiffany Roberts Patreon. Oh, yeah. She's got great art. Yeah, they do so oh, that's much right. art. It's her and her husband. Yeah, yeah. They do so much art. So I have just, well, look who does it and then follow them. Anywho. Do you want to give us a sneak peek? Tell us what you're thinking about commissioning, Marie? So I am going to do the shower scene. That one is getting done. Mm-hmm. The three of those, the three of, yeah, the three of them. I'm doing the dressing room scene between Caleb and Scar specifically, because I also really love that scene. Potentially, I will do their group scene as well, but it's a little bit like difficult because there's so many limbs and things like that. So it'll just depend. I have to reread it and see if there's like a good moment that could be done that makes sense like a good time in their like position and I guess I could make up like not make up but you put them together in a way kind of deal and then I also want to have ones done from book one because at the time I didn't have anything done I had a few pieces of commissioned art done for tins but again with the first book I had no clue it was going to go the way that it did so I hadn't really put a lot of thought into having art commissioned in the way that now I think about it. But I would love to have one of Gunnar and Ryan too. And then book three, I would like some for book three as well. So I've got like my whole, I'm starting with the two so I can get on people's list. And then I'm excited to see. I had my fingers crossed for, I was hoping you would say Kenji filming himself. And I was like, please, but no. That would be a good one too. (laughs) I think that would be such a good piece of artwork. Very true. I have a soft spot for him. I have a soft spot. I'll admit it. (laughs) He's Kenji is one of my favorites. I really like all of them. They're all like this sort of craziness that I just really enjoy. And it does make me excited to, I think I want to have some like smaller pieces that I like of writing that I do that are like extended, not extended, but like extra scenes and stuff like that. Just because, again, when this all first started, it just was standalones because I didn't know that it would go the way that it did or that I could write kind of deal. Mm -hmm. So I didn't plan for them to have like longer stories because it was all like a learning curve still. Yeah. So I'm excited. Look, the whole, every, all, everybody in the United States here is having problems of some sort the aliens are coming that's what the news says i don't know though because i'm never on traditional like media some people are gonna get excited about that if the aliens are coming they're gonna be like yes take me with you this is my moment ice planet barbarians come to life (laughs) maybe off the third book and write an alien romance we're just like capitalize on what's happening here yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember the last time that you were on the podcast, I was co-hosting too, and we were talking about monster romance. Yes. And just so you know, I finished my very first monster romance last night. Which one did you read? I read Lady of Rook's Grave Man. Oh, I've heard really good things about that book. I have not read it, but I've heard really good yeah. things. You definitely get to like dip your toe into the monster world because it's not just like one type, like it's a variety. You get like at least six or seven that you are exposed to. So there's a lot of fur and scales and 
double ribbed cocks and all kinds of stuff. It was a good time. The fun dicks is what I like to call those books. Yeah. The fun dick books. (laughs) I love monster romances. I don't know if I could write one though. I don't know. I didn't think I could write a white shoes though either. So who knows? Take a, keep an eye out for my monster romance coming soon now that the world is being (laughs) invaded. Wait, is that like a thing? Yeah, I guess my husband keeps me up to date on like what's on the non book talk side of TikTok. And I guess like okay. some trains have been derailed and people have seen some like lights in the sky. And then the White House said, no, there's definitely not aliens. So then that means everybody is like, there's aliens, sir. <laughs> well, I'm just over here interested in who's got funky dicks and stuff you know like i'm like the <laughs> and then i just <laughs> move on <laughs> it wasn't so much the dicks it was the tentacles for me i was all day there's so many and they do so many things there's they, a good time. it's like you can have all of the extra appendages that you want in a white but it's just with one tentacle monster perfect you only have to it was perfect is it only have to deal with the one you know the one creature monster i don't know i love monster yeah. romance though they're like my my it's like when i need to just not think about anything in be- mm-hmm. i find that most of the time like in between writing right now i am like my go-to decompress reading is either like paranormal or monster mm-hmm. Or hockey. Like, those are my three ones where I'm like, I just want to kind of like zone out, not think about anything. That's what I, what yeah. I, I don't know if you, ha- if this happens to you, Summer, but I almost have to, like, after I'm writing and editing and all of those things, which I don't read during those times, like, one, I just don't have time for, but two, my, my brain just won't let me do it. I can't read a book for pleasure without either breaking down the sentences that are literally there in front of me or like thinking back to what I'm writing. But then after I'm done writing, when I'm trying to take like a break away from writing, I have to have like three book, like something that I really can just kind of like went out to, which is like where it's like the paranormal romance or the monster or something like that. And I have to read a few of those before I could even then think about reading like another mafia or something like closer to what I write in. It's almost like my brain needs an extra like, hey, let's decompress first kind of deal. But I can't. I tried. I tried to write from writing into reading a book. Couldn't do it. I was still, my brain was like, nope, this feels too much like we're working still. Like we don't want to read this. So then I just read a bunch of monster books (laughs) I'm really bad at finishing books and part of that is because like I can't read something I'm not actively interested in and then I get interested in something else so I feel like I can't really even take genre breaks because right now I don't like anything else but I do have issues reading when if I'm like feeling comparison-itis or I'm feeling bad about my current writing for whatever reason then I have issue reading good books yeah I'm like they're so much better than me or if I find out that a book has a similar like theme or scene or like a specific thing about the plot um 
that yeah. is something like I was already planning, then I don't read it. Like apparently there's going to be some similarities with Haunting Adeline. And I was had started that book and then they're like, oh, this sounds like that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put that down and then I'll just have people cross check to make sure it's not like too similar by accident. No, I totally, totally get it. It's so hard when you're writing genres like that too. For example, like Mafia or MC, because a lot of it, you feel like it's already been done before. And so it's difficult sometimes to try to write it in a new and an inventive way or put a spin on it that makes it very unique to you. And so I can see that being really frustrating from a writer's perspective. Mm -hmm. You get excited and you're like, yes, I'm so excited. And they're like, oh, I've read that before in this book. And you're like, ah, like why? It's so true. It's So when I was writing book two, book two, a thousand times harder to write than book one. And it was not because it was a white shoes. It was, I'm excited to write book three because I think it'll give me a better sense of how I want my writing process and editing process and all of those things to go under kind of more normal circumstances because book two, the difficulty with writing book two 100% was just all of the things I was experiencing at home emotionally and things that were going on in my life there. And it impacted my writing in a very good way and it was cathartic it was extremely cathartic like I had to have this it was a reason I kept the um, and I kept writing and all of those things even though there was so much happening kind of in my personal was because and if Naomi here she would be telling me how very Aquarius this is of me but I can articulate the emotions that I'm feeling but I'm very very good at compartmentalizing and like Tucking and so writing book two really gave me an outlet to be able to kind of plaster over the page in a bunch of different ways. The fast pace and kind of escapism that that book is one, I enjoy reading that, and so it's already kind of part of my style, but I really needed it. Like, I needed there to just be this layer of like face value for just like a a fun, we're gonna have all of these different things that are in an enjoying enjoyable reading and you can kind of escape it's an escape for me and I wanted it to be for readers as well and then pretty thread especially if you're like looking for it of like the emote I was feeling during that time and I remember asked do you remember the quote yeah. remember the quote I sent you yeah that I was like I'm in tears right now it was the one about the emotions and the mask and how you were hiding behind the mask and then when you eventually dropped it and I remember I was like this is gorgeous I was literally laughing at Kenji's dick two seconds ago and now I'm over here like because <laughs> it resonated with me and so it's really neat like how you could have those fun and playful moments and then have those emotional vulnerable moments and you really did you took the reader on this journey that was it was wonderful and very a lot more eclectic than I thought it, it would be it's like when I get the comments or compliments or highlights of those ones I love when readers like anything I write because you're just like thankful that they want to read your stuff you're like thank you for taking a chance on me like with when I get the people liking kind of the more vulnerable aspects it's a different level of like I don't know in your feels because they get to see like a part really is like that was you I self-inserted because that was my way of like healing through everything that I was experiencing 
It was the best medicine. It had me cracking up in a very good way. So Summer, while she's like, has things she's juggling, she's helping me by alpha reading, which I literally could not see. I had such tunnel vision for my book. I was like, the whole thing is garbage. Obviously, nobody's going to like it. I don't even like it. This is awful. Are these sentences even making sense? So I was like, Summer, read this. But honestly, it may be god awful like who knows so summer's in there and she's giving me and she's like giving me clarity where i literally cannot see it's i am so sick and tired of looking at this dumb piece of work like that was my emotion at the time (laughs) so i'm reading through her comments and stuff and then she gets to this one and it's this paragraph and she's like highlights basically the whole paragraph and she's like i absolutely this this is so this just so good and i'm like laughing crying because the part that she highlights is Scar is talking about how, thank God for her, like her self-confidence, because it's the only thing keeping her from falling into a crippling depression. <laughs> and there's, so it's this, and she's like, this is like, it describe a well. And I was laughing because that was 100% <laughs> where I was at, like, personally. I was like, if I did not have the self-confidence I had, I would be in a hole right now, like curled up in tall, not answering anything that life needs from me. So it was just so funny because I was like, well, <laughs> she's like, it's just garbage. So, well, you're like, yeah, because I'm a hot dumpster fire right now. So, yeah, I'm exactly. 2000% a self insert right there. That was literally my <laughs> thing. Like, well, I was going through it on that day. And so it just made me laugh in like, it was, it was a really good laugh. Like it was a good, like, okay, I'm glad that my actual feeling, (laughs) yes. Yeah. For those of us who have those moments too, as a reader, when you read things like that, that resonate with you, it's just, it helps you connect to the book so much more. And you remember those things. Yes. Like, thank God it's not just me that feels that way. Did make me laugh is I had told one of my alpha readers, I was like, I don't know if this book feels like emotional enough. Like in, you know, like you don't want flat characters. Right. And I was like, I don't know if this feels emotional enough. So she reads through and she sends me all of these highlighted things of like where I'm very obviously like in my emotional feels and like the different things I was experiencing that I just kind of, I think I wrote down as a way to get them out and purge them because I needed that. And then I just kind of like, Mm-hmm. blanked it out and she's like what the heck about you don't think that this is emotional enough and I was like well I guess we like highlight them all like that <laughs> there is there's some emotion but it was yeah. that was book two was really hard to write and really good to write and I'm glad it's been well received but don't read too many like comments or reviews on it if I get after I'm seen in something that I do I have a pretty thick skin but this book was much it's a lot more tied to like kind of healing through all of this that I one didn't want to like put myself in a position to I think I'm just too close to this book emotionally where I would it would be very like hurtful to my feelings even though the reader is like totally entitled to their opinion I'm just too close to it kind of deal so I also I didn't want anything to like I thought like this is kind of it's special in my heart for reasons that are going to be very different than why it's special to a reader because it's, it's just it was different for me than it is for a reader kind of deal 
by the time I got to the end of this book, I was so tired of it. I was like, I don't want to, I'm glad everybody loves it or whatever you feel towards it. That's great. I don't want to talk about it anymore. So it, I literally. It's so funny how that process happens with the layering of books. Because yes. while you're out here promoting your book that just dropped, you're probably already, I know Summer anyway, is like part of the way through writing her third book. Yes. And so it's like this weird overlap where you're like, I'm already done with that character. I'm moving on to these, even though you guys are just getting to meet them yes. for the first time. So it's this, that's got to be interesting from a writer's perspective. It's a while. I don't know if it is for you, Summer, but for me, it's such a, it's a very strange thing, like, to work through, to try to be very present for one book, and you're aware of, like, the importance of that as far as marketing and sales go, and then to be moved on to something completely different. For me, the added, like, kind of really was the fact that I was very burnt out on this book by the time that I had gotten to the end of it. I, uh, one of the reviews that I did see, which she is 10,000% correct, is she talks about the fact that she really likes the book. She wishes, though, that the ending part had kind of been like pulled out a little bit longer and felt like a little, like had a little more room breathe, which she is 100% correct because I literally sent my book to my editor right at the end and it basically didn't have an ending. I was like, I can't look at it. I can't look at it anymore. You need to tell me if I can finish this book or not. And if not, I'll push it back. If you think I can do it, great. But I can't make any more decisions for myself. I was this close to everybody's dying. We're just, we're going to make this a tragedy. It's no longer going to be a romance and I'm killing everybody off. We're all just going to, everybody's dead because I was so sick and tired of reading. And it's funny because I look back now and I really like the book. Like I'm really proud of it and I'm very happy with it and all of those things. There's like technical aspects I would do different, but not if I had to redo it and it was under different circumstances, but under the circumstances that this kind of like book developed out of, I'm so super, super happy with how it came out. But at the end there, you almost all got everybody dying. Everyone. I was like, there, nobody's safe anymore. <laughs> Everybody's going to die. And I'm just going to. People really would have been rioting at that point. They would have been so upset if I had just. No. Hi, just FYI, read this. I will be killing everyone. So <laughs> there is no happy ending for anyone. <laughs> Not for you or the characters. I will say, though, with what you said about the critique about the end of the book, I thought it was done really well. Thank but I am one of those very unique readers. I am. I'm one of those unique readers, I feel like, where sometimes once the characters like go through all of this and yeah. then they finally get together, I get bored. And like sometimes I will literally like like 8% and they're together and I'm like, okay, cool. And I like- Cool summer. I'm like, we can just end the book. Yeah, literally. That's usually where I stop books. I didn't do that with yours, obviously, but I'm just- yeah. I didn't think it needed to be dragged out. I thought it was perfect just the way it was. It's a whole juggling act. Book two was really eye-opening for me for a lot of different things. It was really, really difficult to write it, but also showed me like how much I'm capable, I think. The other thing, too, that I was really happy about and I'm very proud of is particular like comments that I get quite often that just it really it makes me very excited for moving forward one a lot of compliments on my 
my action and my writing style, which is, it's such a like, it just makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside because I truthfully don't know how to write any other way. So that's like, oh, well, thank goodness they like it because I don't know how I would change it. Because a lot of it is done unintentionally as well. Like it just kind of flows out that way. So enjoy writing if I was then pressed to feel like I have to change kind of like style that I write in. So it's really, it's so nice when people are like, I love your writing style. Cause I truthfully am like, thank goodness. Cause I don't know how to do anything yeah. else other than this style. But I did really feel as I was writing the book approved in my writing and like the, like how I crafted sentences and scenes and things like that. Like I had refined kind of what I like, but you never know if that's just in your own head. Like, am I just thinking that? So when I got people commenting that it felt elevated from book one in like certain areas, that was really nice. Cause I was like, thank goodness. Like yeah. think one wasn't just like and I like somehow managed to piece sentences together, but then it turns out I don't know what I'm doing. So that was really, really nice. And it, I'm really excited for book three because I think that I'm just going to continue to grow. And then like you were saying, Summer, there's – I want to structure the way that I have my schedule different this time out quite a few words that I'm happy with daily that I, I like the case that I usually 1500 to 2000 words is pretty like doable in a comfortable way like where I'm not stressed out mentally where I'm like I don't even know what this is anymore kind of deal and which I had wanted to do with book two but I just literally wasn't able to do it this time around I want to leave like at least two weeks at least two weeks after I finish writing like the whole book before I go back and like reread before sending it to my editor. Mm. I think that some of my best editing cleanup in terms of the way that it looks, the way that it flows is when I've given myself a break, edit what I want and then give it to my, my editor go through and do what she needs to do. I, like I feel I have the most kind of growth because even when I sent it to summer, I was like, okay, this is kind of thoughts and like a rough edit. But I think a lot of my refinement happens after I've been able to have a, like a break from it. And then I can go back and read it and not feel so moment type of deal. And like you said, you get sick of looking yes. at it. And so just taking a step back yep. and coming at it with fresh eyes again, that's got to be. So I have the pre-order for book three up already. I found that I did that with book two as well. And I had a, a letters that had just happened kind of organically. And so for me, it just made sense. Like I'm just going to put the next one in there because I think people who read my book and really like it, then they're going to pre-order. And then those who don't, they can wait till it comes out and I'm happy both ways. But what I did this time versus last time was I put my pre-order for book three out a year. So it won't be a year, but it is a pain in the butt to try to push back your date. Amazon only lets you push it back 30 days. And I think they only let you do it like one time. Otherwise, they take away your privileges mm. for pre-orders. So this time I put it out a year wow. so I could kind of craft of a goal deadline for this summer that I would like the third book to be out but it allows me to do it without the pressure of this like looming pre-order because it is really hard mm -hmm. as 
as an indie author, we self-fund everything. And so when you're faced with this moment of like you have pre-orders and like a fair amount of pre-orders and there's this like looming deadline and you're not sure if you can make it. Do I rush it? Do I like, what do I do here? But the thought of giving up all of those pre-orders from a business standpoint, it really is a difficult decision. Like a purely artistic standpoint, you're like, I'm, I'll do whatever I need for the, the sake of book and the craft. But on the realistic standpoint, you're like, that's pre-orders that I lose all of them if I push this back. So this time I was like, I'm gonna put out a year because then I don't have to worry about this nonsense. Cause that was that looming over my head. I'm like sick of looking at it. I don't know how, like, I know how it's going to end. It's like, yeah, they're together and it's happily ever after, (laughs) but you have to figure out how to get to that point. The overlap you do at the end of your books is really cool. I will say that. I loved how the ending of book two was like parallel to the ending of book one, but from a fresh perspective yes. and like you were able to see it from just an, a new view. And I was curious if you're going to do that again for book three, if there's going to be any overlap at all, or if it's going to be. There's not going to be any overlap in terms of the timeline is going to happen at the end of the events of what happened with book one and two. It was the reason I chose not to write Nikki's story second was because I had already, I already knew I wanted book two to be happening like simultaneously to book one. Um, you read it like the whole kind of all of the books come together to create a picture kind of deal so while they are standalones you gain so much more if you're reading all of them in terms of seeing how the whole like world that I kind of created the other thing too that I I it happened organically with a purpose is I do like writing for a fast pace and move quickly and there's not a ton of like fluff. I I want it to read a lot like if you're watching like an action movie or show, a lot of comments on that, that it reads like very quick like that. And it is on purpose. And I really appreciate, no, and I appreciated that from, I mean, you have to be knowing that going in, like it's not going to be like a small town romance sort of a thing, you know, but like the motor, the motorcycle chases, like the fight scenes, the gunfights, like it was really fast paced. It was fun. It was spicy. Like it it took you on a ride for sure. And that was, it's, that's the same vibe you were saying earlier. Like you go and you watch a movie and you get to escape. Yes. It's the same thing. Like you get to jump into this world you've created and have a fun ride and you get to escape for a bit so if that's your style and that's what you write then I'm excited to read whatever else you decide to put out because I love it it makes it really nice because I think now that there's like a second book and I'm sure you've seen this too summer with your series that you have here there's a readership that we now have and it's really nice like yes I want new readers but it's also really nice because people know what they're going to get from my books and so it also Mm -hmm. kind of like weeds people who my writing style is not for them which is perfectly fine but it's 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 really nice when your reviews are from people who like your style and so you get a better sense of like how you're delivering it because you're delivering something 
you already have like your audience kind of deal. Like I'm definitely not going to be the author for somebody who likes something that's a little more their prose and it, their pacing is a little slower and there's more whatever those things are kind of be. I, I don't I like, I don't mind reading it. I don't write like that though. And your sense of humor is really funny. <laughs> and it's funny having talked to you in person and then reading your books because your sense of humor and like your pop culture references and just things that are like your vibe for your personality, yeah. you put into your books. Yeah. And I know the pop culture references drive people nuts sometimes. They do. What was it? There was like a Twilight one, I think in your first book. Yes. And I was like, I love it. Like it's if some people think it's cringe, I find it endearing because I'm a dork with that too. So. It is true. Yeah. I didn't – I thought I was funny like just when I'm like talking to people. But you know how when you always think like, oh, I'm funny, but you don't know if everybody else thinks you're funny? <laughs> so when I wrote book one, it was not supposed to be funny. I just wrote it. I was just like, here we go. And so when – like reviews started coming in and I had all of these reviews talking about like, Oh my gosh, it's so funny. I love the banter. I was like, glad did not. I had no, like I just been there, but not with thought. I wrote banter. You're like, what? (laughs) Exactly. I was like, it just happened. One of my favorite lines in book two. And I was so happy when other people liked it because it was, it just cracked me up. Like I was like, this is funny to me. I didn't think, any, I didn't know if anybody else would catch it or think it was funny, but it's when this is not a spoiler. Cause it, I use it in like previews and stuff, but scar is like in the back of the SUV and Caleb throws her a blindfold to put on. And he's like, all like, he's just, an, he's the normal asshole. Like that we read and love in why chooses. So he's there and she's supposed to put on this like blindfold. And then he goes, he makes some comment about like, and she's like, I don't know, Kayla, the one who can fucking see, like you tell me if it's on. And it just cracked me up. Cause that's the type of like comment I would make back. Like, yeah. why are you asking me? You're the one who can see like, so I, because I was like, this is funny to me. And so when I see that one highlighted and people think that that's like her, just her attitude is so funny. I'm like, these are my, you are all my yeah. people. You understand. <laughs> The things that I think are funny. But that's got to be really great. It is. From like a writer's perspective, because I know when you're writing a debut novel, even if it's in like a new genre or whatever, you're always wondering, are people going to resonate with this? And I'll bet when you release Skeletons, you were a lot more nervous probably than Syndicate of Sins because you have an audience now. They loved book one and they know to expect that from you for book two. And you're like, they're going to get my humor. They're going to like my vibe. And so going into book three, that's got to be a lot less pressure off your back to be like, if I keep doing what I'm doing and what I'm loving... I'll be okay. So let's wrap up. Marie, what's something you're looking forward to? I am looking forward to, I have some like special edition books coming in. Not my own books. They're ones that I went on a crazy shopping spree for and I bought. And so they're all supposed to be coming in the next few weeks. So I am looking forward to just sitting amongst these boxes of books and opening them. And putting them on my shelf and having explained to my husband why I have this mountain of new books. It's, you know what? It's none of his business. That's what I say. Every time I get new ones, he's like, is that another book? I go, yes, it is. That's exactly what this. So that's what I'm looking forward to, to finally having some of these show up. Look, I'm wearing my new socks. They say it's always okay to buy more books. I need those too. Add those to the list of things I need to deliver. 
We just took a trip and I literally checked a bag on purpose because I knew I was going to buy books. And I bought nine books on vacation and was like shoving them and sitting on my suitcase to try to like make it fit. And I came home and I unpacked it. And my husband was like, Ugh. you should have known. I should. I have a bookshelf I need to buy because I am officially out of space. They're stacked in piles on top because there's no more shelf space. So something I'm looking forward to, Marie's actually reminded me of it, is the special edition boxes I'm doing. I'm really excited. I got a draft for Make Me's like new cover, the special edition, and I'm just stoked. I'm ex- I'm excited for that too. Another add me to another list of things there, <laughs> Summer. <sighs> I know, right? Both of you guys, you're going to make me spend all my hard-earned money. <laughs> this, Yeah, this is everybody listening. This is your warning to start saving up all of your, all the spare change because there's book boxes and special editions and artwork and all sorts of things in the works. So exciting. I love it. My thing I'm looking forward to, I'm actually looking forward to reading more monster romance. I finished my first one yesterday and I dipped my toe in a little bit and I really, I enjoyed it. It was very whimsical and fun and I never thought I would say this, but cozy, believe it or not. So I don't know how a tentacle can be cozy, but it was damn cozy. And so I'm excited to, to try and read a few more. I'll probably be hitting you up for some more recommendations. I have a whole list. You're gonna. You need to look Perfect. up faded, faded something book box. There's there. Oh, romance, faded romance. Yep, they. It's like yes. all. Didn't you guys have them on a podcast once? Am I? Yeah, she did. Okay, I was like, yeah. am yeah. I, I, I? That's what you need. They've got all the monster wrecks <laughs> and all the monster stuff. That's that's what means. That's this is this is looking forward to next time I come on this podcast. If Summer brings me on. Val is going to be the official monster aficionado. That's what I'm excited for. I, I'm <laughs> predicting it now. 2023 is Val's monster romance. I would love it. It'll be her thing. She's going to she's gonna start a podcast. It'll be all fur and all tentacles all day. <laughs> Meanwhile, my husband will be like, I know. <laughs> Perfect. I look forward to it. Marie, thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you both so much. I can't wait. Val, thanks for being my co-host. Of course, as always. I love being the goose to your maverick. To my readers or my listeners, whoever you... (laughs) Happy reading and we'll see you next week.